Hey mama, welcome back to the Wholesome Mama Show. Today I'm interviewing Andrea all the way from the US. She is a registered dietitian with over 25 years experience. She specializes in weight management and currently works in Baltimore, Maryland. And in addition, Andrea runs Adventures in Feeding My Fam, which is a podcast as well as online programs which focus on providing simple non-diet meal planning tips and tricks for managing the nutrition needs of various family members and promoting wellness to achieve health transformation. So I'm so excited to bring you our conversation today. Let's get into it. Hey mama, are you finding motherhood more stressful and overwhelming than joyful and fun? Are you spending your days in survival mode just counting down to bedtime? I was there once too. When I became a new mum, I felt lost, confused, and I didn't know my calling beyond motherhood, or even if I had one. John 10.10 says that we are called to a full, abundant life, and I know that that includes us mothers. I'm Elise Rooney, and I'm on a mission to empower women through strategies and mentoring to simplify their life and home, make over their mindset, find purpose, walk in faith, to be able to be present with their family. Join me for conversations about being a woman of faith, conscious parenting and marriage, living in your purpose, how you can easily implement simple systems to simplify your home, mind and life, keys to living an intentional life and so much more. Grab that cup of tea and get ready to thrive. This is The Wholesome Mama Show. Thank you, Andrea, so much for coming on The Wholesome Mama Show. Thanks for having me. This is such an honor. I really appreciate it. So would you mind just to start us off telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, I've been a registered dietitian for 25 years. I've worked in a few different settings. Um, I started out working just kind of with adults in pretty big hospital. I worked in research and now I'm in my favorite setting, which is it's a specialty hospital and we work with kids and adults with disabilities. I have a specialty there and that's weight management. So I work with weight management for kids and adults with disabilities, but my favorite piece of it is really making healthy eating habits practical and super simple, making it fit into each individual's life. And that's kind of how I've created the podcast Adventures in Feeding My Fam, which is a new venture for me. And I, I take that same strategy and I really want to promote that eating healthy doesn't have to be hard and getting food on the table for your family can be simple and easy. Yes, I love that. It's a realistic focus on keeping it simple, but actually how to practically make that happen because there's a lot of talk about how you can do this and do that. But I look at so much of it and go, but practically with two kids, how am I meant to make that happen? So as a registered dietitian and a mother yourself, can you share with us some of the biggest struggles that you were seeing when it comes to families and meals? Yeah, I, I think probably the number one thing is time. And that, you know, people are pulled in so many directions and just don't feel like they have the time to meal plan or meal prep. That's probably the biggest thing. And I really encourage people that, you know, 
when you're making meals, you know you have to get meals on the table, right? So there is going to be a little time invested in that, in getting that done. But it doesn't have to be super, super labor intensive. If you're someone who does not really enjoy cooking or making meals, you don't have to. Like you don't have to force yourself into that role and you don't have to force yourself to love doing it. Um, but you can still do it in a simple, easy way that you're still feeding your family in a healthy fashion and a way that you want to promote and teach them to eat, you know, for their entire life. I would say another common challenge I see is that families feel that their kids are picky or won't eat the foods that they want them to eat, especially those who have younger kids. That's definitely a challenge as well. And some folks, plain old, don't even know where to start. Yeah. So you mentioned briefly meal prep and meal plan. Can you just quickly explain the difference between what what each of those are? Sure. So meal planning is kind of making a, a roadmap of what you're going to eat for the week, or it could be any interval of time, really. But having a plan, and typically I recommend folks plan a week at a time. If you know what you're going to be making for various meals throughout the week, you can then make an appropriate grocery shopping list, which can facilitate grocery shopping so that you have all the ingredients that you need so that during the week you're not running out to the store at the last minute saying, oh, I need pasta or I need... Um, chicken or whatever the ingredient is, because you had planned all your meals, you know what you're going to make every night of the week, and you can successfully do that because you had an efficient grocery shop. Uh, prep, that was your second part of your question. You wanted to know the difference between that and prep. Prep is the actual making of the food. And so I think there are a lot of strategies people use. Some people prep once for the upcoming week. Some people prep a little bit every single day and some people prep every other day or if they know that they work Mondays and Tuesdays but don't work on Wednesdays, they might prep a couple times a week depending on their schedule. And that's really key is that you wanna make it work for you in your schedule. And I think too, with time being a big factor for everyone, because we're all, we all have full lives. What would you, what are some of the simple strategies that you would suggest that women and mothers, particularly who are often the ones cooking and the dads for the dads who do, but what are some of the strategies that you would say to them when they're going, I just don't have time. What are that some things that they can do? So I was going through this with my very good friend and neighbor who lives down the street, and she has three teenage boys and a daughter. So they go through food very quickly, um, and she had gotten herself into this pattern of just thinking that she had to make full, elaborate meals every night of the week. And I was like, no, 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 Wendy, <laughs> all you have to do is here's, I told her what I do. So I plan two more fun, maybe more, maybe a new recipe or something that takes a little bit more time, two of those a week. 
I plan two kind of average time meals. So maybe 20, 25 minutes is all it takes to prepare. And then I plan two meals that really are like a 10 minute quick, easy prep and done kind of thing. And then I plug those into the nights of the week, um, depending on my schedule. So for me, I work later on Thursdays. So Thursday nights are always one of the super, super fast, easy meals. Fridays and Sundays, I typically have more time. So I spend more time on those days. And, and then I kind of fill in the rest of the nights, depending on what the schedule is. So my friend down the street, once I explained that to her, she was like, oh, it's two, two, and two. So now I call it the two, two, and two method. <laughs> that's so good. I think that so many of us do get caught up in that we have to have a new elaborate meal on the table every single night when really you don't have to at all. So I really like that two, two, two. Yeah, you can make a lot of things that are quick, easy, and healthy. I would say one of my favorites is the sheet pan meal. Do you know what? No, is what's this a familiar term? Okay, no. so um, basically I will take any variety of vegetables that are in the house. So this is also a really nice way to use up some of the scraps that you have in your house. So whatever it is, if I have a little bit of leftover broccoli, maybe some frozen Brussels sprouts, a sweet potato, carrots, whatever it is, and I will prep them, put them on a sheet pan, drizzle with olive oil, maybe salt, pepper, and roast it. For those who are vegetarian, I might add, open up a can of chickpeas and season them with a little chili powder and then roast them as well. But others who do eat meat, just basic, however you're going to roast or bake chicken or whatever meat you have, you can put that all on a second roasting sheet pan. Everything goes in the oven all at once. So now you just did five minutes of meal prep there. And then the second piece is that you cook up a grain of your choice. So whether it's quinoa or rice, any of those will do. And that can be cooking while the rest is roasting in the oven. And now when it comes out, like really the, the hands-on prep time was about five minutes. Obviously it takes a little longer for everything to cook up, but once you pull it out, you've got a really reliable meal and you can make any number of combinations with that. So like I said, it doesn't have to be hard. Yeah, I think we overcomplicate it. I know that I, in the past, have definitely overcomplicated it. And one thing that that I heard is having a fridge clean out night. So we now <laughs> do something like that where we'll either do a pizza if we've got toppings that can go on a pizza uh, otherwise we'll do a stir fry or a curry or something where just everything that's left over gets cooked so we use it because I was also sick of wasting so many vegetables and things that went off just had to throw them out so but it wasted food bothers me too but so smart having something like that and then you just know that on Saturday night, we're having pizza and we'll just put the leftover veggies on the pizza. I love that idea. So, so good. 
The other really big struggle that you mentioned, which I am all too familiar with, is trying to get young children, so for me, toddlers, to eat better and not snack all day. Because my two would just snack and they would snack on fruit, which sure, but also I'd really like them to eat meals. So particularly that this is your specialty, what are some of the practical ways that we can help to get our, maybe people are seeing their children as picky eaters? How, what are some of the practical steps that we can take to get them to eat better and try new things and enjoy mealtime more? Right. So I think the first step is to really set the stage and set the mealtime table. You want it to be a positive setting. So first of all, always good to sit with your kids, right? Yep. And then I really recommend role modeling the behavior that you want them to adapt. Um, I have lots of parents that come to me and say, tell me that their child won't eat this, won't eat that. But then I come to find that the culture around their table can be set up for, six, for a little bit more for success. So if, you know, mom goes and eats separately and just sits the kids down, it's harder to get the kids to try new foods then. Also, if let's say my husband wasn't a really adventurous eater and um, it's important to for your kids to see you eating the foods that you want them to eat. So those are some good pieces. I also suggest keeping conversation positive at the table. I know that sometimes as parents, and I, trust me, am so have been so guilty of this in the past, I want so badly my child to eat all of these really healthy, nutritious things. And so I have pushed for them to do that and I really suggest trying to limit that as much as possible. Typically, if the mealtime is a positive environment, then eventually they will try new foods and be more confident eaters. Another really interesting fact is that it can take up to 20 tries of a food before a child decides if they actually like it or not. So not even just that you're serving the food to them 20 times, but they actually eat it and taste it 20 times. So not giving up if they, for the first five times, didn't eat broccoli, still offer it, still serve it over and over and over. And I would also suggest, just like I said, just trying to keep things nice and positive at the table. Well, firstly, I can agree that I have been definitely guilty of trying to reward my children for eating their dinner with some kind of dessert or you know if you eat this then you can have some yogurt something like that well probably not the best yeah, we all do that too <laughs> but um I love loved what you said about keeping it a positive environment because I think so much and particularly these days back to the time thing where we're all so busy that we just go, well, the kids can have dinner at five o'clock and we'll sit down and have our own dinner at seven o'clock. And we've been really intentional that we eat with our children. That's just what, and I also don't want to make two meals and don't want to do dinner time twice. 
but yeah, the importance of having the dinner table as a place of a positive connection and cultivating that as well is so, so important. So you can really see, can you see the difference between the families that do that and the families that don't? Yeah. And I think sometimes folks are frustrated because they expect things to change immediately, but these things take time. If just, it's like any other behavior that you have, it, you don't make a permanent change overnight. So, and, and you're asking others, not just yourself to make changes. So changing expectations that might come as a shock to your kids, but if you're consistent, they will understand. I think another piece that's really important is the devices that we have. And at my house, my kids definitely know that there are no phones at the table. And that goes for the parents as well, too. That just encourages a more positive environment. And it just gets you to be more present with your kids. Really, when you think about it, meal times are pretty short. The actual time that we sit down together. So we want to maximize that as much as possible. And if we're distracted with our phones or devices, we limit how much we can really learn from each other and enjoy each other's company. Totally. And when you think about it, half an hour, you can be without your phone for half an hour. You can be without your phone for half an hour for sure. (laughs) when you look at it in that perspective where it is only half an hour of your day and yet it can set you up and setting up these traditions that then carry on as like a legacy. And really when you think about it, it's only half an hour, but the impact that it can have, and particularly when you go down the thing, down the road of looking at it from a perspective of what your child is eating and how you if you just stick with it for a couple two months really if they taste a 20 if you just keep serving it within two months they're going to understand and that's not in the scheme of things yes doing anything while your kids are young two months is a long time but in the scheme of things what you are going to have created in that time frame is going to be something beautiful and creating so many memories that they are going to look back on and actually look back really fondly with joy on those memories. Absolutely. And there are countless studies indicating the positive benefits of having family meals. And one of them is that kids tend to be more successful in school have better connections with their family members, which that one makes pretty obvious sense. And the one that always gets me is that kids that have regular family meals tend to participate in fewer risky behaviors as they become teenagers. And that one right there, that's just the seller for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not even there. I don't want to think about that yet, but 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 you can know that your efforts now are only going to benefit them when they're going through those stages. (laughs) When they get there. Yeah, we should never underestimate the importance of family time. And I think the family table is such a beautiful 
time and space where we really can bring in some traditions like doing highs and lows of the week or um, doing a gratitude practice where you just say what you're grateful for. Uh, just things like that. I know my husband's family, whenever it is someone's birthday, they all go around and say, everyone says one thing that they love about that person. And it's just making these beautiful connection times that, yeah, you just, they're, they're the moments that impact. And I think that it's beautiful that we can do that and do it with food because who doesn't love food? Right. It's really priceless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Can you, just before we go, share uh, with everyone where they can find you, your podcast, your website, everything? Yeah. It's Adventures in Feeding My Fam is the name of the podcast. That's also the name of the website. So that's adventuresinfeedingmyfam.com. And you can find me on Instagram at the same name, Adventures in Feeding My Fam. Easy. Adventures Very in Feeding My Fam everywhere. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and all your hints and tips for us. Uh, really, really appreciate it. And thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast and you have such a, a good mission and are promoting such positivity in, in the household and for moms. And I think that's really a mission that should be commended. Oh, thank you, Dee. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of The Wholesome Mama Show. I pray that you're blessed by this conversation. And if you did get something out of today's episode, I would love for you to take a moment, leave a review, subscribe, and even share this episode on your socials. And please don't forget to tag me at Wholesome Mama. And also, did you know that we have a community that is fully based around conversations happening in this podcast? Search on Facebook, The Wholesome Mama Community, and I will see you in there. Let's share the love and light and help more women to thrive.